And with the new Jujutsu Kaisen movie out and the announcement of One Piece film Red, it seems like anime, in terms of theatrical releases, is kind of exploding. With anime movies being shown in theaters and actually making bank with movies like Demon Slayer The Muggin Train, making $505 million at the box office, making it the most profitable anime movie ever in the United States. It's no wonder that only now that Hollywood has been trying to incorporate it into their movies. Well, sort of. So, I still got a lot of reasons on why we love manga and anime. While I explained a lot in my previous video, and I never thought I'd make a part 2, honestly I never thought I'd make a part 2 to any of the Jeremy Explains episodes, with so many views I'd be happy to make another part. And hey, I'm sure Alan wouldn't mind. Anime and manga are usually split into two categories. You got Shonen, which is stuff like Dragon Ball Z and Naruto, which is targeted at you. And then you got stuff like Seinen, which is for example stuff like Berserk and Attack on Titan. It's more targeted to young adults than, well, teenagers. And after the average person watches a lot of anime, it might not be a surprise that anime kinda does target teenagers. But that is a bit of surprise considering just a couple years ago, stuff like animation was widely considered to be for kids. At least in America where animation is mostly targeted towards kids, but if it is targeted towards adults, it's usually for comedic purposes. I can tell you personally in America, animation is it something that people view as something that you can use to make a dark and cohesive story. And don't get me wrong, I love stuff like South Park, but do we really need five versions of fucking Bob's Burgers? All these shows look the exact fucking same. When it comes to anime, since the audience is targeted towards young adults and teenagers, the content in the shows have a higher barrier of what's considered adequate and acceptable in terms of storytelling. This causes many anime to make you question your worldview, or give nuance to a worldview. One of the most popular anime that accomplishes this is Death Note. Death Note is an anime from 2006 based on a manga by Tsugumi Oba. It is about a high schooler named Light Yagami. He finds a notebook where anyone whose name is written in it shall die as long as he knows their real name and what they look like. At the beginning of the series, Light uses this notebook on a guy who's taking a bunch of hostages in an elementary school. He uses the notebook believing it will actually work. The book is revealed to work exactly as it is written. At the beginning, he very clearly is distraught about killing, at this point, two people. I killed them both. I really, I killed two men. Those were human lives. It won't be overlooked. Besides, who am I to pass judgment on others? He very clearly has a philosophical and moral objection to the idea that he has any right to kill people. But after a few seconds of him thinking about his powers and thinking about how much he could change the world with his notebook, he comes to the conclusion that bad people deserve to die and he will get rid of all the bad people and then become the god of this new world. He soon meets the previous owner of the notebook, a Shinigami named Ryuk, who teaches Light what is and isn't able to be done with the Death Note, with Light going out of his way to test the boundaries of the notebook and trying to determine his power. By the end of the series, Light is turned into a complete villain. He abuses his now girlfriend, he kills his father who is a member of the police who is investigating him, and he basically goes on to full Walter White levels of evil. That might be a video too, by the way. He laughs maniacally, revealing that he was the one who killed all those people, and that he was gonna kill the police too, with Light hiding a piece of the notebook in his watch. But he is shot before he can write anything down. He ends up crawling away screaming that he doesn't want to die, 
begging and pleading with Ryuk to save him. With Ryuk saying that it's over for light and writing his name down in the notebook to make the process faster. With Ryuk not wanting to spend the rest of his life watching over someone who's in prison. Now I actually heavily prefer the ending to Death Note in the anime rather than to the manga because the anime actually has light crawling and screaming for both Misa and Takeda, both girlfriends I used to achieve his plan of basically ruling the world. I just found the ending to the anime just more emotional than it is in the manga because I find just him screaming for Misa, a person that he heavily abused in the series, to be more, I guess, just depressing to his character. <laughs> Where are you, Misa? Where's Takara? Someone. What do I do now? By the end of the series, we are left to question stuff like the death penalty, justice and nature of the differences between what justice from our government is versus vigilante justice by light. By the end of the series, Light has been involved in killing three people who have committed no crime except getting in his way and achieving his goal. Light, in his road to get rid of this world of all evil, has become what he was ultimately trying to get rid of. The names of the worst criminals I could think of, like I was cleaning up the world one name at a time, so that eventually no one will ever do anything evil again. And while the truly guilty ones who deserve to be punished for their crimes die of heart attacks, the people who are less guilty but who still make trouble for others will slowly be erased through disease and accidental death. Then, and only then, the world will start moving in the right direction. It'll be a new world, free of injustice and populated by people who I've judged to be honest, kind, and hardworking. But if you did that, it would make you the only bad person left. Light, when he kills people, ultimately becomes the judge, jury, and executioner. With him having no restraints over who dies and what he kills them for, what were to happen if Light ever made a mistake and killed a completely innocent person who punishes him? Is he expected to watch himself with unchecked power? The thing is that this philosophical questioning is used in comics too, with the Watchmen asking the same fundamental question with vigilante superheroes. They commit acts that for some would seem horrible, but in their eyes, these acts seem morally righteous. This concept that we are the heroes of our own eyes is not exclusive to superheroes either. The fundamental question Watchmen tries to ask is who watches the ones who watch? A lot of people might bring up Breaking Bad as something that brings a familiar or same philosophy. The idea that anyone can become corrupt and how a good man becomes evil is something the two series share, and I might make a separate episode on the series which could be interesting. Now after I explain the whole series to you, does American Comics sound appealing to you? I mean sure, I'll watch the Snyder Cut of Justice League or the newest Marvel movie. But to be expected to use my money on the small part of a story that will probably never get adapted when I could get more content from a manga. The thing is, people want their worldviews questioned. But also, they don't want their messages to be obvious in their media. Show, don't tell. People are tired of their media or content having political messages and just the most basic of their beliefs to encounter nuance. In manga... Others seem to convey their messages throughout the story and make their reader naturally come to the conclusion that they want their story to come to. But American comic authors also view their audience as children. People who have to be told directly what to be done. And since they're using superheroes that are probably older than them, they're not going to be regularly associated with their work or even associated with the stories that they've created and written. 
but they lose association with their work because they use a character that they have no creative connection to. By restricting comic artists and writers to the same old characters that have been milked for all their potential and have existed for so many years, you creatively limit these artists to only using story ideas and concepts that fit the characters they're assigned to write for. Part of the creative process is not limiting people to already established concepts. And it turns out it's hard to create something truly original with a character that has existed over 70 years when you're told to have geared to an audience that is mainly associated with children. We see success with shows like Harley Quinn and slightly darker CW shows that stuff like superheroes can have plots that cone cater to young adults and teenagers and can still be successful. But when it comes to mainstream animation, I don't think we'll ever see an adult Batman TV show or Spider-Man show. Because these heroes, at least in the mainstream, still seem very childish when it comes to animation. But animation can tell us much more fascinating stories than any live action or movie can tell us. While yes, the live action adaptations of the Justice League Snyder Cut and Spider-Man No Way Home both made millions at the box office, what if they were able to tell more adult stories with a fraction of the cost while being promoted at the same level? Marvel could theoretically achieve this by making a Spider-Man animated series targeted at young adults that adapts darker stories from the comics. While animated in the style of the Spider-Verse movies, that err on something like Adult Swim or realistically Disney Plus's Spider Expansion Pack. So have any of you guys read the manga Stop Bullying Me, Miss Nagatoro, or its subsequent anime adaptation Stop Toying With Me, Miss Nagatoro? It spawned a bunch of memes, and it's honestly one of my favorite mangas when it comes to slice-of-life romantic comedies. But what I'm here to talk about is how the author Nanshi, a pixiv doujinshi artist who made the manga after his Nagatoro manga prototype, was noticed by Kodansha Publishing, who wanted to turn it from a webcomic to a printed manga. Nobody to this day knows anything about 774's real identity, and it was only recently confirmed during an interview that 774 is in fact a male. What I'm trying to get at here is could this realistically happen with American comics? Can you realistically see even someone like Stan Lee seeing art that he saw on the internet and then him being able to get a comic artist that no one knows the identity of into the industry without using any of his personal information? Or even could you see someone who makes such a big manga and has such a big role in something that's so popular being able to keep their identity a secret? And this isn't an isolated incident either. The author of One Punch Man and Mob Psycho 100's identity was a secret for the longest time until he showed his face at an interview. But overall, the reason why I think manga has gotten so popular recently is that manga is a very competitive market. There's a very make-it-or-break-it culture when it comes to the business of being a mangaka. Shonen Jump is one of the hardest magazines to get into, and there's no My Dad Got Me Into a Manga, because the magazine will drop any manga on a moment's notice they think your series is doing bad. The creator of Naruto, Kishimoto, wasn't able to go on a honeymoon with his wife because he was scared if he didn't write Naruto for a week that Shonen Jump would drop him. This should give you an idea on just how much pressure there is in Shonen Jump. Kishimoto had to wait two years after his wedding just to go on a honeymoon with his wife. While this pressure might sound unsympathetic to us in the States because of the culture we live in with stuff like employee healthcare and fair wages. This pressure to be the best that you can possibly be despite your issues encourages everyone to be better in their profession. 
You're either a successful mangaka or you're not. Nothing can hold you back in this market except your individual motivation and drive to make it. And that's why I think manga are beating the fuck out of comics. Hey, so that's the end of the video, guys. Thank you guys so much for watching. I had a lot of fun editing this. I'd like to thank all the voice actors who did uh, voices for this video. And thank you guys. And make sure to subscribe. Uh, love you guys and bye.